the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And as you can see, live on LarryRosenthal.tv and listening, if you're listening, on WABA and Sirius XM Coast to Coast. We're here to go, and there he is, Larry. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Boy, we've got a lot to talk about, but, you know, let me just hit that, uh, that uh, what you were just talking about there for a second there. I'd like to continue to welcome our longtime listeners on WAVA in the D.C. Baltimore area, as well as our longtime listeners now on Sirius XM nationwide, coast to coast, channel 131. Sirius XM Satellite, and our listeners and viewers on LarryRosenthal.tv. That's right. You can go to YouTube, just like Chris said, and watch us stream the show live on YouTube at LarryRosenthal.tv. You can even call in and write in questions on YouTube if you like. Uh, Chris will read them on the air for us. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, hey, and again, it's Open Mic Saturday. Welcome to Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. We're here to provide you with proper financial education, let you know the ins and outs and what's going on with the economy, your money, and your financial planning. It's Open Mic Saturday, as I said. Give us a ring. There's no holes barred, no questions that we won't try to field today. And give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Well, you know, Chris, we always start the show off each week with a little bit of this and that and the other about what's going on in the markets and the economy. I think we're going to have to change the show around a little this Uh-oh. week, Chris. What yes, we, yes, we yes. We Usually doing? we do the first few minutes on all of that. Okay. But I'm thinking now it's going to take up the entire show, okay? Uh-oh. There's so much going on with the markets and the economy and fiscal policy and monetary policy and supply chains and P.E. ratios, the whole nine yards, you know. For the longest time now, growth or tech has been driving the market performance returns only to see 
tech stumble yesterday mm. and and uh, uh, not meet all, you know, tech didn't have such a great day yesterday. Some tech companies did, but some didn't. What does this mean? What does this mean for your investments, for your portfolios going forward? You know, Amazon and Apple came in with a little disappointing earnings reports yesterday. Uh, stocks got beat up a little bit there, yet Microsoft flourished. Why? What's happening? Well, Amazon and Apple pointed directly to supply chain issues, inventory. You know, if you don't have the goods on the sell, on the shelf to sell, right, what's going to happen? Earnings are going to go down. So a lot of this is, is boiling around. This is the first canary in the coal mine, if you will, of taking a look at the importance of, of inflation and supply chain. You know, when you start to see um, uh, inflation continue to rise due to excess demand over supply, right, we're not at equilibrium here, you're going to start to see corporate earnings get hit a little bit and cash flows get hit a little bit. Uh, so stay tuned and watch this. You know, stocks did close at a record high. All industries marched, you know, not notched up new, new gains, uh, which is fabulous, right? Uh, but, you know, the question becomes this, and we can get into this a lot today. The question really becomes this. What's going to happen with inflation? Is inflation going to continue to be persistent for several more months and then drop down once we get the supply chain back online? Or is inflation going to continue to climb that wall, climb that wall of worry, right? And will the Fed have to jump in? It's a race against time to really take a stop and, and t to really stop and take a look at that. It's going to directly affect our investments, corporate earnings, the whole nine yards. So this is this is a big point in our time in the, in this business cycle right now to really understand what's inside your portfolios and how how if inflation does continue to be be persistent, how your investments can really act and and take advantage of some of that information. Hey, let's welcome Nelson on the line from Missouri. Good morning, Nelson. How are you this morning? Good morning. A little bit cool here, but okay. Well, that's good. That's good. How can I help you, sir? Uh, recently, uh, I set up, uh, my wife and I, I set up my uh, living trust, and, and then the way we structured it is all of my money qualified, uh, especially qualified money, that's what I So here's the deal, Nelson. A lot of times when when you have qualified money, or for those that don't understand what that is, that's IRA money, that's pre-tax money, money that's never been taxed before, and you put that into a trust, trust has higher tax brackets than individuals, okay? And usually what you want to do is go ahead and just name the individual, you know, name your spouse. First of all, spouses have privileges here when it comes to this tax rule. If you name your spouse and you pass, your spouse then can move the money into her name completely tax-free. 
It can be a spousal rollover, or she can keep it in your name as an inherited IRA, depending on whose age is what, okay? Okay. It's when it goes to a non-spousal beneficiary that they have the 10-year distribution rule now under the new tax laws. A non-spousal beneficiary who's greater than 10 years younger than you, they have to pull the, they have to pull the money out over a 10-year period of time. What? Yeah, we're, we're eight days. We were born eight days apart. I did it for well, right, well, but the deal here is with your, with your with your spouse. As long as you feel that that she can handle the 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 assets, then then you could just name it right to her. Uh, if you put it into the trust, then the language of the trust that you put in there will dictate the distributions to her. Uh, but it will be more taxing that way. How, how much more is a uh, are the trust brackets? Uh when the when the trust receives income over uh, it's just shy under thirteen thousand dollars it automatically pushes it up to the highest tax rate whereas an individual you got to get over three four hundred thousand dollars yeah yeah so you might want to stop and revisit that as a matter of fact I've got I've got a kit uh, on, on it's called basics in estate planning that I can send you out and I can have Bob get your contact information and it sort of steps you through that scenario right there and then you can take a look at it revisit it with your your uh, attorney and and see what's best for you and your family so if you like I'll put you on hold Bob will get your contact information we'll have one of our advisors give you a follow-up and send you out the 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 um, uh, basics in estate planning toolkit okay okay so basically the way I set it up was gonna set it up was going to trigger a very, very large tax when all of my qualified money went into the trust, uh, correct? Well, yes. When the trust receives income over, I think it's $12,840, just under $13,000, and that push, pushes the trust tax rate up to the highest bracket, whereas an individual's tax rate, okay, yeah. Is is you know three four hundred thousand dollars before it gets to the highest tax bracket. Now, one of the things is, if the money is designed to go to your spouse, she can just roll it over tax free and keep it growing tax deferred. You know, uh, she can put it into her own name. There, there's there's no issues on that. So so there's a lot of advantages to that. You you might want to revisit just the whole thing with it all. The purpose of the trust is really to distribute the assets in case someone, the, the ultimate beneficiary, you don't have faith that they can handle that, that, that money. So, so, so that, that's really the deal on that, though. You know? But, but I, I, I like the fact that you're thinking about it. I like the fact that you've got a revocable living trust. You know, now we just need to sort of just talk about how do you want assets to, to be dispersed when you go to heaven. Well, there's nothing wrong with the trust at all, okay? There's there's nothing wrong with it at all. You're just going to have to pay a little bit more tax to control it that way. That's all. 700 grand of qualified money is going to go in. That's going to trigger a big tax. Yes, because the income on that will be probably higher than the 13,000-ish threshold that I'm speaking of. 
which would push her into a higher uh, push the trust into a higher tax rate. That's why let, let me send you out this toolkit on the basics okay. of estate planning, and it breaks it all out. We'll have one of our advisors give you a follow up call and okay. and uh, explain it to you, and then take take it more personal than we can really here on the radio to really knock it down uh, to to the best way that you want to do. Because ultimately, what you want to do is you want to make sure she's taken care of in the most tax efficient manner, right? Right. Yep, and that's what we'll aim for. Nelson, I, I appreciate. One last question? Can I ask one last question? Sure. When the seven hundred thousand, or by the time I die, it might be more. But when that comes into the trust, is the immediate tax on the seven hundred thousand the the bulk of the asset, or just what that generates in terms of income? So the IRA money's coming from. Uh, yes, it would be taxable. Okay, you 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 want it? Well, if it's a conduit trust that has special provisions in it, then it's going to be able to pass through the the minimum required distribution. The problem now that we have is that if the trust language says to do that, there is no more minimum requirement distribution each year. It's just a 10-year position, okay? But when it goes to the spouse, you should really look at trying to just name your spouse's beneficiary and then maybe the secondary beneficiaries into the trust. So it, it, you know, I don't I don't know the family dynamics of everything. And that's why we've got to drill down a little, little bit further into your situation here, which you probably don't want to do on the on the air. <laughs> um, but okay, I appreciate the phone call. Let me put you on hold, and Bob will get your contact information. Nelson, appreciate the phone call. You have a great day. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show again. Open mic Saturday. Give us a call with any of your financial planning or investment questions. 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Yeah, so core inflation, which is the Fed's, getting back to the the market breakdown here, Chris, core inflation, which is the Fed's primary or or I would say preferred gauge in what they like to look at, you know, has increased 3.6% over the last 12 months. Fastest pace over the last 30 years. That, that we've seen uh, in, in in August, actually. So uh, we're, we're definitely seeing this this uh, consistent rise in inflation. And, you know, at some point that could become a problem where people start to spend less money, fuel, food, all this type of stuff. We all know the story. We all see it at the stores right now, you know. And the, the, the uh, Janet Yellen came out the other day, former Fed chair, current Treasury secretary, and said, she feels after several months or so, inflation is going to drop back off. That's what a lot of people are saying. Matter of fact, there's a great debate on Wall Street right now. A lot of people are saying it's going to be persistent and continue to become a problem long term. Other people are saying no, probably middle of next year, it's going to drop back off uh, and, and curtail its way back down again, and it's not going to be a problem. The question becomes this, when is the Fed going to act? Is the Fed going to continue to let this thing run hot for a while? And be patient, okay? Or is the Fed going to jump in and act early? That's the big question here. So stay tuned and watch for that. It's going to be very, very crucial in the next five, six months or so to see exactly what happens with 
supply chain distribution, and prices of goods sold. So, hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. I see we've got to take a quick break here. Let's keep the phone lines open. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to The Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, 855-767-3123 is the phone number. We have some lines available for you. We'd love to hear from you. 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Sure, Chris. Hey, you know, don't don't get left out. Each week, um, uh, you know, during the show and after the show, we have lots of people all around the country that go to our website, LarryRosenthal.com, and sign up for our newsletter. Okay, we send out a weekly market commentary. We send out a monthly newsletter. And then if anything gets really disrupted in the markets during the week or so, we'll also send that out as well. So, uh, you know, again, we want to provide financial education to everybody. So, you know, check it out. Go to LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on Facebook if you like, too, as well. We send out stuff there from time to time also. But it's uh, we've got a good market commentary piece that, that comes out each week regarding the markets and the economy and stuff to try and keep you informed on what's going on with your investments and things of that nature. So, Chris, what are the things that always go up? Uh, always goes up. I guess it's got to be taxes, right? Taxes, that's sure. And insurance sometimes too, right? Yeah, you know? taxes and insurance. Yep, I see Bob waving in the corner over there. Yep, definitely, definitely. So, hey, the, the new number for 2022 on the payroll tax, you know, the Social Security wage base mm-hmm. is being pushed up to 147. So if you earn more than $147,000, 
you are only going to pay your payroll tax, the part of FICA, of uh, up to one $147,000. And an estimate 84% of, of people earning uh, in the U.S. taxpayers are going to be subject to the payroll tax next year. So that mm-hmm. means that only 16%, okay, make more than $140,000 a year. So as the payroll tax um, con- ceiling continues to climb, it encompasses more and more people each year, and that's the part where you get to pay that 6.2% and your employer matches as well. So so that's going up a little bit this year uh, as as well. So, you know, st- or, or next year, I should say. So, you know, we're, there's lots of talk about taxes these days, Chris, right? Lots of talk about it. And, and you know, the, the current administration is looking to raise taxes to fund the uh, infrastructure bill and things like that. Let's boil this back down again and take a look at your investments. I don't think you've got enough room in that pot to uh, boil that one down. <laughs> Can't That's boil it down. Well, we're going to give it a try. Pot. Yep, it, it sure is. It sure is. One of the things that you really have to take a look at when you're when you're uh, creating and when you're creating wealth, building investment strategies and things like that, basically is this: is understand that the IRS looks at our money through four different tax brackets, right? Four, or excuse me, four different lenses, not tax brackets, through four different lenses. We have four different piles of money that we can choose to place our investments in. So I've talked before for many, many years about asset allocation, about tax allocation, and today I'm going to talk a little bit about, uh, or, 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 or I've talked about asset allocation. <laughs> Boy, I can't get my thoughts straight today this morning. I've talked about asset allocation. I've talked about product allocation, and now today I want to talk again about tax allocation strategies. So again, the, the IRS has four different lenses in which to view our money. And the first one is taxable. You put money away into a regular investment account, and you pay taxes on it as that money grows, the interest and capital gains and things like that each year. So it's taxed. Portions of it are taxed each year. The second lens is more of a tax-deductible, tax-deferred scenario, like a 401K plan or the government TSP plan or a 403B plan or things like that. When you put the money in pre-tax, so you're not paying tax on the money now. While it's in the investment, it's growing tax-deferred, meaning there's no taxes in there, and you can move it all around, change investment allocations, things like that, and there's no taxes until ultimately one day when you pull the money out. Then you pay ordinary income tax rates. The third lens is non-deductible tax-deferred. This is where you might put excess money into a 401K, providing your plan allows it. You don't get a tax deduction for it, but the earnings on it grows tax-deferred. Or an annuity would do that, okay? where there's no tax deduction to go into it, but you get tax-deferred growth. When you pull the money out at some point down the road, your, your earnings comes out first, which is taxable, then your principal will come out tax, tax-free. The fourth lens, or the fourth bucket of money that we have a choice to put our dollars into, Chris, is tax-exempt or tax-free money. There, we put the money in. We don't receive a tax deduction today for it, but the earnings aren't grows tax-deferred. And ultimately, one day when you pull it out, if you play by the rules, then it comes out tax-free for yourself. So four different lenses that we can put our money in when we go to grow our, <coughs> excuse me, our assets. And as taxes go up in the future, 
which seems to be what's going to be happening now. Now, now it's a great debate. You know, people are only going to pay taxes if you make more than 400000 Other people say that's not true. You know, I, I don't know. We don't know what this new tax slash infrastructure thing is going to really look like until it actually comes out. <coughs> Excuse me. Then we'll be able to make decisions and stuff. But my point is this. Make sure that you have proper tax allocation strategies. Make sure your investments are as tax efficient as possible. Make sure when you're pulling assets out in retirement, it's as tax efficient as possible. And when you pass assets on to heirs, it's as tax efficient as possible again. You know, And, and today with rising inflation, possibly rising taxes, there's just less dollars that's going to be put inside everybody's pocket, and it's important to take a look at it. When, when, when a new client comes into our firm, one of the first things that we do, Chris, is we sit down with them and we talk, take a look at their tax allocation strategies. Basically, think about this, those of you that are listening. Think about this. How much money have you saved in your life, and how much of that money has never been taxed? And here's the rule on that. You control 100% of it. You can decide where you want to invest it, when you want to invest it. You control it. But you only own about 65 to 75% of it because when that money comes back out, Uncle Sam's going to take his piece from it. So stop and think about that. When you're, thinking, when you're figuring your financial plans, are you doing it from a net tax perspective? It's called net planning. That's one of the things that, that, that we do a lot. As a matter of fact, you can go see how our financial plan is structured. Go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and on the first page right there, there's a video that actually demonstrates how a financial plan really works and, 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 and functions. So tax planning strategies are very, very important while you're growing your money and then when you're distributing your assets. And remember, there's three phases to financial planning. There's the accumulation phase when you're growing your assets. There's the distribution phase, and then there's the legacy phase. And during the distribution phase, you know, there's a lot of taxes when you start to pull those dollars out, especially when you get into your retirement required minimum distribution years and Medicare taxes and all different types of things there. So lots to be lots to be thinking about as far as all that goes. Definitely. Hey, let's keep these phone lines open. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You know, Chris, in Matthew verse 6, uh, chapter 6, verse 3, it says, The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Um, uh, but when you when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Um, you know, so, so make sure that we're still doing our, our, our giving, our tithing, things like that. It's coming up to the end of the year. A lot of people don't know where they want to give money to. Okay, yeah. so you can look at putting money into what's called a donor-advised fund. A donor advised fund allows you to place a tax deductible contribution into that mutual fund right now, and you have different choices of conservative, moderate, income oriented, growth, whatever it may be, uh, risk scale in a donor advised fund. The advantage here is you, as the donor, can put money into that fund, receive a tax deduction today, and not have to worry about which charity you want it to go to. It affords you the opportunity of time to research what charity you want to put the money into. This time of year, the charities are, this is with, this is their lifeblood. This is when they get their donations. And so it's, that's exactly right. Yeah. This is, you know, the end of the year, you know, end of the year giving is, is huge. And there's a lot of things in, involved with it. But my point is this too. If you're not, if you, if you want to make a tax deductible contribution, but you don't have a charity in line that you want to give it to, put it into a donor advice fund. 
And a donor advised fund is really neat. What you can do at the end is you can basically say, hey, you know what? The, the uh, next year or whatever it is, I want to I want to donate. I want the donor advised fund to to send out X amount of dollars to this charity and Y amount of dollars to that charity, and they keep the records for it and everything. So a lot of people use donor advised funds as sort of a central hub of where they make all their tax deductible contributions, and then the donor advised fund sends the money out uh, to the, to the different charities or churches and things of that nature. It's very very efficient, and it's a whole lot easier on your tax accounting when you really take a look at it all. So. Kind of a cool thing to to really look at doing as far as that goes. You simply call them up and say, hey, I want I want money to go this way or I want money to go that way. So not a problem at all. Hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You listen to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to The Larry Rosenthal Show. I've got some lines available for you at 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Larry? Sure, Chris. Let's welcome Marcy on the line. Good morning, Marcy. How are you today? Fine. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Um, I'm at the point now where I are, next year I'm going to have to start taking out my required minimum distribution from a TSP that is not it's not Roth IRA because they didn't offer that at the time that I was working, and I have it more I have it like 75% government, 25% fee fund, and I'm thinking that should I at some point now, given that the fee fund is doing so well, take it and just put it all in the government fund since I'm going to have to start taking taking out next year or should I just still have some kind of um, uh, split distribution as I've had for years? Well, Marcia, there's a couple of questions in in there to really unpack. And one is, do you need to live off of any of this RMD money that you're going to be pulling out? No. Okay, then the second... I've never touched 
I've never touched my TSP. Good. Well, that's 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 um, good news. Just used it for emergency. Just wanted to have it for emergencies and for my long-term care if I needed it. Okay. So, from the standpoint of having the money in the G fund and a, and a, and a small portion in the C fund, over time, you know, you've got to make sure you're outpacing taxes and inflation. And when you take a look at your your investment choices in the TSP, you have the CGFS and I funds. And then the life cycle funds, which is a combination of all of them. The C funds, the S&P 500. The S fund is small company index. And the I fund is Europe, Asia, and Far East. Whereas the F is, is government bonds and the G funds, the guaranteed account. The F and the G fund aren't really keeping pace with, with taxes and inflation these days. And, and with interest rates remaining low and inflation rising, it could be the theme for some time to come down the road. When you want to take a look at at um, diversification, the TSP offers a very limited amount of choices. Moving the money to an IRA, not only can you invest in 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 this very much pretty much the same types of investments that's inside the TSP, but you can invest in a whole lot other different types of investments as well to give you diversification. When you're looking at taking the RMD, you can also put money into what would be called an income portfolio, where it's got a higher dividend rate than just the 2% that's in the, C, in the C fund and the TSP. That can create more cash into your account so that you can withdraw from, for, the R, for the RMD without having to sell off a lot more shares that way. So I don't know if you've ever considered looking at the diversification aspect of it all. Uh, you know, there's there's a handful of things that you can do with the uh, TSP. You can leave it where it is, obviously. You can cash it all out and pay tax on it. You can convert it to a Roth. You can roll it to an IRA. Or you can put it in a new employer's plan if you're working. Those are the four or five choices that you really have to to deal with it. But when you're looking at, when you're telling me, should I rebalance, should I, should I move money more to the G fund because you are going to have to take your RMD, the G fund is really not conducive to produce income. It's it's uh-huh. just sitting there at a very, very low interest rate these days, and uh-huh. you're going to lose to taxes and inflation. So that's what made uh-huh. me start to think, you know, maybe you should look at putting it into an IRA that gives you, you know, uh, a higher dividend rate, you know, something 3 4 5%, something like that, versus over the G fund. Um, you know, and, and so that, that's what my thought is there. So, you know, the dividend rates are no, not guaranteed, but there are income portfolios with stocks that produce higher rates than that, you know, uh, when, when you take a look at it. So when you said, you know, should I rebalance into the G fund to start pulling money out, kind of just said, you know, the G fund is my, primarily designed for stability of principle, not an income distribution play. Um, so, so if you want, I'll be happy to send you out some information on considering the rollover and what other investment choices are there for you. Um, but you know, if if you're going to keep the money in in the in the G fund, just remember it's not going to probably not going to outpace taxes and inflation in the long haul. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can I can look at some information in that that you have. Um, okay. I don't well, know that I, I guess I'm concerned about the. I know that there's one point had I maybe rolled it over, but there's a five-year look back right now in terms of avoiding taxes, and I think I've missed that opportunity to do that. Right? A five-year look back to avoid taxes? No. When you do, when well, you do, a, 
if I roll it over, if I had rolled it over to a Roth IRA, that's what I'm talking about. No, okay, so I'm not talking about rolling it to a Roth IRA. I'm talking about rolling it to a regular IRA, so it still remains in that pre-tax uh, environment for you, okay? And and there's no taxes on that. You can simply roll the money right over, and there's no taxes on that transaction. It's only oh, when you pull the, when you when you pull the money out. Yeah, if you were to convert to a Roth IRA, then you've got a five-year maturity rule. That's correct on any uh-huh. year's converted money down the road, but I would not suggest that at this point. Let me put you on hold, Marsha, and we'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and, and take a look at it and, and possibly help guide you through this conversation and give you an analysis on it all, okay? All right. Sounds good. I appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal's show. We've got a couple lines open. Give us a call, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions at all, give us a call today. It's open mic Saturday. And, and, you know, Chris, the, the markets are high, right? Everybody says the markets are at a new high. What does this mean? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it indifferent? What's the story on this? People hear the term P.E. ratio all the time, right? What does P.E. ratio mean? Is it good to have a high P.E. ratio? Is it bad to have a high P.E. ratio? I hated P.E. in high school. That's how I know. You hated P.E. in high school. There you go. Ah, you got me on that one. That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember kickball and dodgeball and all that stuff, man. It was a lot of fun. Well, some points were, yeah. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. So... Um, uh, there but was that's a, not what it means. I, I, there was a housing neighborhood next to my elementary school, and we used to always try to kick, you know, in kickball, kick the ball over the fence. <laughs> so, anyway, that's a whole other story, that's right? Another, that's not, another not PE for, today. for yeah, another for another time. That's yeah. another PE class, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, a PE ratio is not automatically good or bad, since investors often consider the you, you know investors need to consider. The industry and lots of additional factors, you know. A low P.E. can really indicate that a stock is at a bargain price. There may be a reason the stock's at a bargain price. Maybe it's getting hammered for some reason, mismanagement or whatever it may be, bad products, you know. Who knows? But when you take a look at the P.E., it's basically the price divided by the earnings ratio. In other words, what are you willing to spend to get a, to, to, to get a dollar's worth of earnings for that stock? So today the market, this is through, thir- through uh, Thursday of this past week, the market's at a P.E. ratio of 21.36 on its forward-looking P.E. The average over the last 25 years is 16.79. So <clears throat> we are elevated. In other words, the market is considered a little overpriced right now. But is that really worrisome? You know, eventually we will revert back to the mean a little bit, right? Back down to 16, 17 on on that P.E. ratio. But why is the market overpriced right now? What are the alternatives to investing? What are they when you you boil it down? We could put money in bank products, you know, bank money market accounts, CDs, savings accounts, high-yield CDs, all that kind of stuff. We're still getting less than 1% in most cases, okay? What about if we were to buy government bonds? You know, the 10-year bonds trading at 1.6%. What's inflation tracking? Upwards around 5 You've got to make sure your money's outpacing taxes and inflation, right? That's the net dollar you get to take to the grocery store at the end of the day. 
So when you look at, at where the market is right now, maybe it is one of the only games in town. And as the market continues to get higher and these P.E. ratios continue to climb, make sure you've got solid balance sheets with the investments that you have. And also you want to take a good look at understanding this, too, that when earnings come in, which we are in the middle of earnings season right now, that's the E in the P.E. ratio. So as the earnings number rises, that P.E. number is going to drop. And we've actually seen the P.E. ratio drop over the last over the last month because earnings have been coming in pretty strong and they're anticipated to continue to be strong through next year as well. So let's bring George on the line from Ohio. Good morning, George. How are you today? Oh, all right, Larry. How are you doing? Thank you, man, for asking. Um, I have a, a question here. I have a RA retirement uh, account at the uh, credit union, and I've had it in there right about a year. And it's only gained about like ninety dollars or something like that. So it's like at a I think a one to two percent interest. Is that a good thing or should I change it to some other put it into something else or what? Well, George, we were just kind of talking about that here on the air, so it's a timely phone call and a great question to ask at this particular point. You know, you need to aggregately be earning enough money to outpace taxes and inflation. You need to have money in the bank, you need to have money in the markets. You need to have money in bonds. You need to have a balanced, mixed approach, right? So an IRA at a bank is, is <clears throat> first of all, the banks have done a great job at confusing us about IRAs because in, from January to April, they say they put signs up in their windows. It's IRA season. Come on in here and buy your IRA, right? And they end up putting it into a bank product, which today, as you know, is paying very, very low in interest, as you've just experienced. But an IRA, George, is just a piece of paper that says to the government, hey, government, treat my pile of money here according to the rules and regulations of an IRA. That's all it is. So you as the IRA owner, you can determine what your investment choices are. If you choose to put it into a bank savings account or a bank CD product, then you're going to get the rate of return that that bank offers. If you choose to put it in the stock market, then you're going to get the rate of return based off of the investments you have in mutual funds, ETFs, stocks, whatever it may be, on whatever type of balanced approach you may want to take. So the answer to your question is this, is can you do better? Yes, but you know if you leave the bank, then you lose the guarantee of principal once you enter into the stock market because there's no guarantees there, right? So you've got to understand okay. and take a look at it. So, so the real answer to your question is this. What I'd like to do, George, is send you out our financial planning toolkit, and it's going to enable you to sort of take an inventory and put it all down on paper of all of your assets and liabilities, and then we can do an investment analysis for you and tell you, hey, yeah, maybe you should consider repositioning it, or, or in your case, based off of what your objectives are and goals, keep it right where it is, okay? That's the really the best okay. way to, to answer your ultimate question, but you do need to have money in the market for your longer-term growth uh, chances as far as that goes. George, let me put you on hold here. Right. Bob will get your contact information. We'll send you out our planning toolkit, our financial planning toolkit, and we'll have someone give you a follow-up call, okay? Hey, thank you, Larry. You have a good day. You too, sir. Appreciate the phone call. Let me put you on hold. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Dial us up, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Some confidence questions, Chris. Confidence questions, right? Let's see how confident you are, Chris. All right. Confident. 
Yep. Okay. This is very, very confident. Here we go. Uh, so These are always hard. They, they are. They, these are very hard, <laughs> and they're a little bit like looking at the man in the mirror type questions. Is it more than my fingers? Do I have to count? No, you count. don't have to count more than your fingers. Oh, Today, okay. your, 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 your quiz is between 1 and 10. That's oh, okay. it, 1 okay. to 10, right? Okay. okay. But, no, think about this out there for, for everybody listening and watching on YouTube. You know, how confident are you in the success of your retirement, in the success of your college funding, in the success of your estate planning? in the success of your cash flow management, of your debt reduction? How confident are you in these different areas? So on a scale of 1 to 10, stop and think about this. You know, um, you've built a comprehensive financial plan that's reviewed at least annually. One, you've never done it. Ten, you're doing it and you're confident and everything's great. Think about that for a second. Where do you fall on this, Okay. Because you know, I was speaking. I was speaking with a financial advisor in in uh, Kansas just yesterday, and he and I were talking about you know financial plans and different software and things like that. And I was explaining to him, you know how how can people make investments if they don't have a roadmap, if they don't have an investment objective down the road, which is a financial plan, you know. Um, so so these are some of the questions. I've got eight or nine questions here talking about how confident you are in your financial planning world, if you will. Um, you know, so if you want to get a copy of it, give, me a, give us a ring at 855-ROSE123 or simply go to our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Shoot us off an email and ask for the confident question. How confident are you? would be happy to send you out these questions. You have a good grasp on all of your investments, their performance, and you monitor them regularly. You know, some people don't do that, and some people – Say, so, yeah, I've got money in the market, but I don't really understand what it is. Where are you when it when it comes to all that? Hey, let's keep let's welcome Martha on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Martha. How are you today? Good morning. I'm fine. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Just a quick question. I bought my condo two and a half years ago from my landlord. He sold it to me directly, so my mortgage is with him. Uh, this far. The condo has uh, gone up from 142 to 184, so it's gone up like 42,000 dollars. How how good would it be for me to refinance at this point? Well, what's Just your what's your interest the, rate that you're paying right now, Martha? Probably 3.8 or 4. So you may be able to get a reduction in that interest rate. Okay. And that's yes. what you want to take a look at doing. So if you like, I'll, I'll be happy to send you over to our mortgage person, and, and he can quote you some different rates, okay? That would be fantastic. Thank you. Yep. Let me put you on hold. Bob will get your information, and then we'll have uh, Troy reach out to you today for it, okay? Thank you so much. You have a good weekend. Absolutely. You too. Appreciate the phone call. Open mic Saturday, Chris. There you go. Any questions at all? We've talked about estate. We've talked about wills. We've talked about RMDs. We've talked about Roth conversions. We've talked about PE. mortgages. We've talked about PE. We've talked about PE, too. Price-to-earnings ratio, yeah. not physical education, oh, yeah. right? Exactly. Maybe price-to-earnings education, maybe price-to-earnings ratios should be physical education, yeah. the way this market's bouncing around, right? Indeed. Climbing the wall of worry, that's it's for like sure. It's like a game of dodgeball, isn't it? <laughs> it's awesome. It's a great time, that's yeah. for sure. 
that that is absolutely for sure. So, hey, you know, speaking of of, of mortgages and refinances too, what, what happens if you want to pay your home off earlier? You know, here's a little tidbit. What happens if you want to pay your home off earlier? Uh, what are the ways that you can, you can do that? <coughs> One way is to make an extra mortgage payment each year. And the easiest way to make an extra mortgage payment to pay your home off early is to do what's called biweekly mortgage payments, which instead of making one mortgage payment each month, you make, a, you make two mortgage payments a month, or you make a total of 26 half payments a year, which actually equals 13 full payments a year. So essentially what you're doing is sort of cramming 13 months of payments into a 12-month calendar period of time. It helps you decelerate your mortgage payment. Matter of fact, on a 30-year mortgage, you can knock it down to right around 21 years just by simply doing that. Okay, So if you put extra payments into it. Now, one of the things is you don't need to pay a servicing fee to do this. You can just send the money in and do it yourself. Most mortgagees, most, most banks will accept that. So you don't need to sign up for a program that cost you money to, to, to do that in a lot of You just got to make sure you choose principal and not principal and interest when you do that. Yes. When, so. you, when you send that in, check the principal box, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. you know, but there's, there's a few ways. You know, there's nine different ways to manage equity inside of your home, right? And biweekly mortgage payments is a system where you actually pay down the mortgage right then and there. You know, um, is it good or bad? Yes, it is. Some people want to have their mortgage paid for. Some people need to have their mortgage paid for, and others don't. It all depends on what's trying to be accomplished inside your financial plan from that standpoint. I used to teach a class on the nine different ways to manage equity inside of homes. You know, um, um, you know another way is to do what's called an, an equity endowment plan, where instead of taking that 13th month of mortgage payments, you simply take it and, and, and put it into a bank. Put it into a, a passbook savings account, excuse me, or into a mutual fund, something that can, has the opportunity to earn compound interest. Because remember, mortgages are simple interest on declining balances, and investments are compound interest on appreciating sums. So you know, there's a there's a few different ways to to accelerate down that mortgage payment. And for a lot of people, when we do financial planning for them, we talk about this, and we can help people show them how to accelerate down their mortgage payments, too, uh, you know, as far as all that goes. So lots of information, lots of financial planning tips and techniques throughout the whole industry. I mean, we could talk all day long on all this stuff, that's for sure, no, no doubt about it. Hey, I see we've got to take a quick break here. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. <coughs> Excuse me, you're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing how about dollar cost averaging put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval whether it's monthly quarterly annually whatever it may be this gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth 
is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea. Call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Well, we've got a few minutes left in the program. If you'd like to dial in and talk to Larry Rosenthal, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. It's a phone number to call. We have a few lines available for you, so dial in now, Larry. Sure, Chris. And again, people can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, sign up for our newsletters. You know, we send out a weekly market commentary, a monthly whole educational piece as well. And you can follow us on Facebook there as, as, as well. Uh, sign up to, to do that also. So, Chris, i got a question here for you. You know, if, if I brought in a whole bunch of financial advisors from around the country, a third of the people would say, never do this. A third would say, always do this. And then a third would say, maybe if it's appropriate, do it, right? Mm-hmm. So you say annuities are bad, and you say annuities are good. And some say, well, I'm kind of indifferent on it, you know. One of the things that annuities brings to the table that is an often underlooked thing Okay, thing is is a benefit that's an often underlooked or overlooked benefit, I would say, is there's an enhanced death benefit option on some annuities that you can have. <clears throat> For example, if you were to put, let's say, money into annuity, I'll just do simple math. If you were to put $500,000 into an enhanced death benefit type of an annuity and start taking money out, let's say you took out 4% a year, $20,000 a year, right? Well, at the end of five years, you've taken out 100000 At the end of 10 years, you've taken out 200000 right? Assuming there's no, no market growth or fees or anything like that, you should have, what, $300,000 left in the annuity, right? Okay? But in this enhanced death benefit option of the annuity that I'm talking about, you, you, you know, this example, the, when the owner of the annuity passes – the beneficiary receives back all of the money that they originally deposited, the original $500,000. So on annuities, there are certain enhanced death benefits that people can look to get. And my point is this, is that, you know, we hear all the time in the financial press, ETFs are great, mutual funds are bad, stocks are wonderful, you know, uh, you, you know whatever are, are, are bad. Right? No, 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 no. Here's the deal. All the investment products out there have pros and cons to them. Okay? There are certain people that need to buy individual stocks in their investment portfolio. There are certain people that need mutual funds. There are people that need a combination of all of those. Typically, our portfolios with clients have individual stocks, mutual funds, ETFs. They have a whole variety of products inside of them because they are you know, there's pros and cons to each one of them out there. And when you look at the financial press, sometimes you hear you hear people, you know, wonderful things about annuities, bad things about annuities. My point is this. When it comes to the annuity discussion, the primary investment objective of annuities is to deliver a stream of income. And in this case, 
that I was using as an example, a death benefit enhancement option, okay? And when you're looking at an annuity, please get educated. Have the advisor shop multiple types, multiple companies with you. We have a kit on annuity shopping. If you want to get a copy of it, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123, or simply go to my website and fire us off an email and say, hey, I'd like to get the information on the annuity shopping. Be happy to send it out to you all. So you can catch us next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. During the week, call us with any of your questions at all, 855-ROSE-123. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.